This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who have been through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. Today, I am honored and privileged to be here with Janie Lacey. Janie, thank you so much for being with me today on the Epic Comeback Podcast. Absolutely. It's an honor. Wonderful. So let's get right into it, Janie. Um, and I know you, I know you've got a story for us to dig into, but let's start. I'd like to give you the mic to introduce yourself and let us know who you are and where you're from and what's keeping you busy during these strange, apocalyptic, wacky quarantine times. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as uh, Nikki said, I'm Janie Lacey and I live in the Orlando, Florida area. And what's been keeping me busy um, is helping women heal from uh, toxic relationships so they can get the love that they want. So I'm a, a licensed psychotherapist and um, in the healing space as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, so as you know, Janie, this is a podcast. It's by and for mostly women. There have been some men on the podcast as well um, who have been through a life-shattering experience. And that can include a multitude of experiences that I'm sure uh, that you are familiar with, really uh, traumatic experiences. So I would love it if you would share what you personally went through and what was the worst part. Well, there's uh, two things when I think about um, what has been the catalyst from my pain to purpose. Uh, first, going through a divorce myself and not never thinking that that would happen. Um, getting married for, for life and being uh, married um, 12 years before I had my first child and my child at 10 months was the reason why I decided to, to leave the relationship and having a lot of challenges with feedback from community, from church and other people, including just, why don't you just wait till he's 18 and all that type of toxic um, advice so feeling very alone during that time um, and not really knowing what if I was making the right decision. But a lot of that had brought up, Nikki, my own self-work. And part of that was um, the, the, the other thing I had mentioned is when I was young, my eldest sister, who was her name was Carmen Rivera, that when she was leaving a toxic relationship, a domestic violence uh, relationship, and we know when women they're most vulnerable when they're leaving a relationship. Um, she was on a restraining order, and while she was leaving that relationship, it resulted in her death in front of her two children. So when I was going through my own personal toxic uh, situation, all of that stuff that was kind of dormant um, in the midst of my own pain kind of brought all that stuff to the surface. And you know, when I look at it now, it was the greatest catalyst to my own healing because when we're in the mud trying to figure out our life and all that pain and all that stuff, we don't know who we can trust. We're making the right decision. There's confusion. But there was also this opportunity for, for healing, and that was looking at my own family history and my own beliefs and my own values and how I even got into the relationship that I was in and the fears and all the things that, um, that I was feeling at that, that moment. So as I'm helping other women, you know, there's, a, there's a, a relatability that I can understand when you're sitting in that chair of confusion and um, shame and guilt and not knowing how you got here and feeling like you can't really trust people because the voices in our, that we allow in our space during that time um, can be detrimental if we're not, not careful and we're not getting the, the right um, advice. So, you know, turning that pain to purpose was, was catalyst for my own healing and walking through my own dark valley days to be able to help and serve other people and understanding that firsthand. Wow. What a, what a story. 
You know, Jeannie, one of the things that you said that I found fascinating and that just struck a chord with me is that I think most people are at least used to hearing the word toxic when applied to relationships, right? I think most people have at least a sense of, even if they haven't been involved in a toxic relationship, at least a sense of the fact that toxic relationships exist and what that might look like. But what you were talking about also, in addition to, to toxic relationships, is being in a place where you were receiving some toxic advice. And I find that fascinating because people who give us advice, depending, you know, whether they're experts or whether they're friends or family or what have you, and why it's so important to find the right kind of support that actually is supportive support when we're going through something so difficult, when we are so vulnerable as to be kind of saying, as you were, should I stay, should I go in terms of my marriage, that it is quite common for people to maybe have good intentions, but to be giving us advice that is toxic. So I wanted to ask you, like, what, what would you say differentiates toxic advice from advice that is supportive and helpful? I think the first thing that I would say, Nikki, is that when people are giving us unsolicited advice, firstly, <laughs> so when we're sharing what we're going through and we know we need just validation and we need someone to hold that space for us, when people are giving us unsolicited advice and telling us what they should do or what we should do without even knowing what we need from them, you know, that can fall into that space that's more harmful to us and it's more helpful. And a lot of times what I find to be toxic is the comparison is, well, this is what I've done. So this is kind of what you should do. Or, you know, you should sacrifice yourself, you know, and to me, that's a, t a classic one, sacrifice yourself for the children or for the child, um, just live it out until they get to a certain age. And, you know, the magic age is 18. And I don't know why, because that doesn't really exist, so to speak, as far as being a magic age. So, you know, I think when we get unsolicited advice and people don't know how to ask for what we need, but then also support us in what's what we need. So a lot of times people will project their own crap onto us, so to speak. So if they're in a toxic relationship or they're in an unhappy marriage, for example, and they're staying for the kids, so then it's kind of like that crab in the barrel. So my advice is going to be, well, everyone should do what I do. It's kind of like misery wants company, so to speak, versus saying, you know, Janie, how can I best support you? How can I best be there for you? What can I do as a friend? You know, um, and, and I've also experienced my own toxic relationship advice from therapists. And I'm saying this as a therapist, you know, going to ther therapy and um, getting getting directives that let me know that they weren't really hearing into my life and into my situation and really connecting with what I needed. Again, this projection on what, if I'm a marriage therapist, I need to save a marriage versus this may not necessarily be what's best for Janie. Let me hear her situation and let me figure out what healthiness will look like for her versus let me project again my stuff. So it can be from therapists. It can be from healers. It can be from our friends. It can be from our families. And we're already fighting with the voices in our own head, Nikki. We're always fighting with, you know, am I making the right decision? Guilt, shame, how am I going to survive? I saw this grieving our future that we saw and now walking down another path that we didn't even imagine happening. We're already going through so much crap at that time. And then if we allow certain voices, that kind of echoes or amplifies any negative guilt, shame, feelings that were anxiety, depression, anxiety. All that stuff mm -hmm. we're having. 
um, is, is huge. So one of the things that I've learned and I kind of look back as I, you know, put my hand back to help other women in particular is that we have to kind of um, allow only certain people who are safe for us and being able to help people understand who is safe and who's not safe. Because I realized that that was so imperative to allowing people to influence my life and kept me in situations longer than I probably would have if I would have had someone that was objectively helping me um, look at different paths and allowing me to kind of lead my own path with guidance, kind of like being a Yoda, so to speak, versus kind of telling me the, <laughs> the path that I should go direct, directly. <laughs> yes. Everything that you just said, Janie, I want to like, I want to like engrave it on something like on a mountain and like send all women up that mountain. And I hope that those of you who are listening right now, like, please feel free to rewind and listen to that again, because it's so, so, so important. And what I'm hearing from what you're saying, Janie, is that advice that may be toxic or unhelpful is often unsolicited. And it is often based on that person's completely subjective experience that may or may not have anything to do with your needs. And on the other hand, advice that is helpful and advice that is, I don't know what the opposite of toxic <laughs> is, but healthy, advice that is healthy is more open-ended. And it's more about how can I support you? What do you need? What do you as a person who's having a hard time or suffering or going through crisis or going through something that's absolutely terrifying, such as domestic violence, what do you need to feel safe and how can I help you get there? That is, that in and of itself is just so incredibly important. And thank you for sharing your story with us about what about what happened to you personally and i would now like to move kind of to the epic comeback like being on the other side of that right so you were in a moment janie where you were you know deciding whether or not to leave your marriage and you had perhaps some people telling you oh well just sacrifice yourself and your safety and everything that you actually really need and love um and by the way also sacrifice the the mental health of your own child for the next 18 years until your child reaches a magical age where, oh, okay, all of a sudden now, Janie, you can do what you want. Um, tell us what it is like on the other side of that or what it was like for you to, to kind of get to the other side and be out of the crisis and be in a much more empowered place. What was, what was the best thing about being the, on the other side? You know, being on the other side for me is truly walking in purpose. So looking back in that pain and that anxiety and that depression and that confusion and trying to figure out in that moment, not knowing what their future holds, but clearly looking back now, seven years since that decision uh, was made, I would not be where I'm at now. Um, finding and being in a place of wholeness, still on a journey, I believe we're always on a journey, but being a place of wholeness, happiness, being able to focus on my purpose and having an alignment with my purpose. And that's the friends who are around me, to um, all the different things. Like just two weeks ago, I just hosted a uh, Women Redeemed Weekend, hosted nine women themselves who are coming or dealing with toxic type relationships and learning self-love and self-care. But first having done those things for myself, Nikki, not understanding what self-care was, self-love, um, boundaries, just some, some of the basic things to really kind of become someone who's healthy 
in a sense that I know who I am, I know where I'm going, I know my identity, and I'm walking in confidence, and I'm walking in purpose, and whoever is in my uh, future, they will find a whole different Jamie than when I kind of look, when I look back completely, I was not in a place where I should have even been married at that, that age, at that young age, and just kind of not even knowing who I am. So the blessing for me is really discovering who I am, what's my purpose, how to walk that out, and not and being unapologetically just Janie and not um, caring. I'm considerate of what other people think, but I no longer determine my life by what other people think. And that's my biggest, greatest lesson. Wow. I love the way that you phrase that. You're considerate of what other people think and you're considering what other people think. It, it always kind of, when I hear someone say, I don't give a crap about what other people think, it strikes me as not genuine <laughs> mm -hmm. because we're human right. and humans tend to care and, and we tend to see ourselves mirrored in other people. We're social creatures, right? So to me, it comes across as kind of disingenuous to say, I don't give a crap about what other people think of me. Um, and and that's, that's why it really struck me when you said that you, you're considerate of what other people think but in the end, it's about, it's about who you are and you're unapologetic about who you are. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, I, I do want to mention to our listeners that it, I mean, where you are, Janie, and tell me, tell me if I'm off base here, it takes work. It takes, it takes courageous work where you don't necessarily what, know what the objective is and you don't necessarily know how long it will take. It takes, it takes time and it takes work and often with the help of experts to, to, to do kind of when you've been through trauma to heal from that and to get to know who the true you is. You know, like that you can, you can sit here as you're saying now and say, I know who I am and I know, I know who Janie Lacey is and I am that person unapologetically. It takes work to get to a place where you, where you have that self-knowledge and when you're able to say, this is what I'm about and these are my values. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if you could speak to who, who in your life in terms of experts um, helped you in that process, in that healthy way, rather than the toxic way that we were talking about earlier? There's no doubt that I would not be where I'm at if I did not have, I call my team of people along the way. So a personal therapist, I have a business coach, a life coach, and then I've been a part of multiple um, experiential type groups, and I'm in, including one right now. So the healing journey for me is big, is, is, is huge for me as far as accountability. So there's not been a time since that time of really being in a painful place all the way up until now, Nikki, where I have not been in touch with or working with a therapist, working with a life coach, working with uh, multiple uh, mentors in different spaces, business space. I'm in a different um, group right now looking at leveraging certain aspects of business, right? So all of those things for me, because I feel like the greatest lesson that I've learned, and I believe as women we should learn, is that we can't necessarily be a prophet in our own life, so to speak, you know, and having other people who can speak into life for us or hold up the ladder for us or be able to simply say, Janie, that's your stuff. And we need to look at that. And you're projecting your stuff onto other people 
or especially dating after divorce, right? Having accountability and all of those things um, around me have, have been imperative. And I've done work. I'm continuously doing work. And I say, I'm going to be doing work until I'm in the grave, so to speak. I, I continuously believe not only from my family history and how women were um, conditioned in my culture and in my family, there's a constant breaking and understanding of the download of beliefs and downloads of what I was experiencing. And I don't feel like I could have done it, um, quite frankly, Nikki, if I was just kind of a lone ranger trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> so uh, without a doubt, I'm a big believer in having a team of people around you that um, aligns. I believe when we hire and work with experts and professionals, they have to uh, be aligned to um, where we see ourselves going. Because um, sometimes I also have found that I've stayed longer with professionals because my codependency felt obligated to those relationships versus that this wasn't working for me and I needed to find a better fit um, for me and not being afraid. But that's also some of the residual of coming, of, coming out of codependent type um, addictive relationships is that uh, we learn that we don't have a voice or we don't want to hurt other people's feelings. So that was actually a part of my healing too, is to realize that the team of people, I had a choice in that. Who do I want to serve me? Who do I want to be the ones to help me? You know, and even in the groups that I'm in, the, the small accountability groups that I choose, the women who are around me that are peers that hold me up, all of that matters and we have a voice. And if people don't serve our purpose, it's okay to say, you know what? Thank you for your time, but you know, I, I'm going in a different direction and us go in that different direction. So doing the work, not only am I a big believer, it's not just head knowledge. We can talk about our problems all day. We got to get into our body and understand trauma, understand somatic experiencing and understand, you know, the projection and the transference and all of that stuff. And that's why even as a person, as a healer, I believe that I need people to constantly speak into my life, um, in my own personal life, professional life, because I want to be the one, my, my one goal that I've learned from my own experience, Nikki, is I, I want to die empty. And I can't do that um, if I'm still walking wounded in the sense that I want to give everything that I have in helping other people, but also I can't do that and live my own best life unless I'm my best self. And I can't be my best self unless I have um, a tribe around me. And I I'm a big believer that we can't do it alone. Incredible. I am picking up every single thing that you're throwing down, Jenny. Like your journey is incredible. I think that you are incredible. The concept of dying empty. I've never even heard of that. Um, and, and I really, really, truly appreciate that, 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 that you've got, you've got a, a legacy that you want to leave. And by the time, by the time this life is over for you, you've left it. You've, you've like, you've laid it on the ground. That is, that's just, that's beautiful. And I hope y'all are listening with the don't do it alone. Why do it alone? And I can understand that the process of finding the right support, finding the right allies, finding the right therapist, finding the right coach, that can seem daunting. That can absolutely seem daunting, which is why I would love to ask you, Janie, in your own, because it sounds like you've had, you've had experiences, a, a, you know, a variety of experiences with folks that you've worked with, folks that you've welcomed onto your team, perhaps serving you for a season and helping and supporting you. And then you come to a place where you want to be going in a different direction. Um, what for you, I guess, what advice would you give to women who are looking to create that group of kind of that VIP crew is what I call it, like kind of creating that, that team of people who will be, and experts who will be supportive 
um, what are the kind of characteristics that you've looked for that tell you this is the right, this is a good person for me to work with? So a couple of things that I've learned that I feel are, are extremely helpful is that we find experts and specialists who are in the area that we need the most help. And that's the first thing. And the second thing is then we do our research around them. What have they done? What are the receipts in their own life? You know, and part of that is also interviewing them and asking them, this is my specific challenge. How have you helped women with my challenge? And what are some of the results of that? Right. Not being afraid to ask specific questions, interviewing them. Essentially, you're investing in that other person for their expertise, for their guidance and for their knowledge to help you in your life. And then the other part that I find is I like to also work with um, healers that have communities. So I have worked with therapists, worked with coaches, but my thing for me right now and continuing my journey is working with women, healers, coaches, or therapists that have communities where they have communities where I can now bond with other women who are on the same journey that I'm on and we can become friends and accountability. So majority of my accountability women are women I've met in communities and therapeutic communities and coaching communities. Um, and I'm talking about communities where we're paying to be in that community and there's ongoing process for me. That's been, been huge. Uh, Nikki and I know in my own future, I'm like, I want to create a community because I know how much that's been so helpful to me in my own personal, personal journey. So, you know, I would say again, find someone who specializes and not be afraid to invest. I know when I kind of look at my own journey and this is my own personal, uh, struggle was I was like, I want to use my insurance. I want to use this. And I was kind of looking for the greatest result with the least amount of investment. Yeah. <laughs> I realized for me, Nikki, that that doesn't work. So I had to also realize that I have to invest in my healing, so to speak. Yes. And, um, and I think once I did that, I had a greater appreciation because I was literally more invested. Um, if I'm paying for this, and I'm investing, then I was listening. I was doing whatever I was told to do. And I find that that was kind of the one of the things that hindered me in the beginning was I wanted, because I was going through divorce, trying to save money. And I realized trying to get the fast track, um, you know, McDonald's version for healing, this just doesn't exist. <laughs> so, um, so not, but that's also part of our codependencies that we feel like we don't value our own healing enough to invest in ourselves. So once we start building self-love and self-care, we're going to invest in ourselves because we want the best and I want the best. I want coaches or my therapist. I want to know that you have receipts and that I'm just not another client for you. I'm just not another person in your membership group that you see Janie, right? You see me, so yep. to speak. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm picking this up too. I'm picking this up too. If you don't invest in yourself in the way that's meaningful to you, there's nobody else who's going to invest in you in that way. So until you start prioritizing your own journey, your own healing, as you said, your own rising, if you're, you know, if, if, if you've got some, if you're kind of sitting in some ashes, your own rising from those, from those ashes. And the other thing is that when you, when you financially invest in something and the return of that investment is that you have grown in confidence and self-knowledge and mojo and autonomy and freedom and all of those things that we cannot put a price on, you're going to start manifesting the cash in, in, in addition to the joy, in addition to professional success, in addition to fulfillment. That's what I tell people is that, is that therapy and life coaching are, or any kind of coaching, 
are investments in you and they are financial investments in you that often have a financial return, not just an emotional return, but a financial return. Well, I could go off about that for a really long time. Um, so we have to wrap up. I, I definitely want to include um, any advice that you would want to give, Janie, to women who are going through the depths of the muck right now. What advice would you give to them kind of quickly <laughs> on getting to the other side? Absolutely. So I could tell you this in a few, few words, is that you're not alone. And no matter what you've done or what you are going through, to not be ashamed to reach out and get help and get yourself in a community and get yourself um, out of being isolated. The first step is you're not alone and get yourself in a place where you are first speaking what's happening to you. It's the first thing of healing. We can't deal with what we're not willing to acknowledge. We can't deal with what we're not willing to acknowledge. Yeah, get yourself talking about what you're going through. I love it. Absolutely love it. Janie, thank you so much for being my guest today. Where can we learn more about you and your work? Yep, absolutely. On any of the social media platforms, it's at Janie Lacey and Lacey L-A-C-Y. So Janie Lacey, Google me. You can find me on lots of different outlets. Fantastic. Thank you again. So everyone, this is Nikki Bruno with Janie Lacey on the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more information about, about staging a, an epic comeback after a life-shattering experience, blah, my words are everywhere today, please visit theepiccomeback.com. Thank you so much for joining us and signing off.